Hi, and welcome to the Sales Enablement Pro Podcast. I am Shauna Sumawang. Sales enablement is a constantly evolving space, and we're here to help professionals stay up to date on the latest trends and best practices so that they can be more effective in their jobs. Today, I'm excited to have Johan from Lectra join us. Johan, I would love for you to introduce yourself, your role, and your organization to our audience. Hello, everyone. I'm Johan Abes from, uh, from Lectra. I'm very happy to have the opportunity uh, to exchange with you uh, about uh, what I really like, uh, sustainability. I'm working in sustainability uh, since uh, 15 years uh, right now. Um, and my role at Plectra is uh, to be the director of the sustainability team um, within the international and sales uh, department. I'm based in, uh, in, in Bordeaux as we have our corporate teams and managing the rest of uh, Lectra organization from, uh, uh, from Bordeaux. And I have a, a team of eight persons supporting around, uh, let's say, uh, 200 sales uh, persons across the world. Um, and uh, I'm very happy to, to have the opportunity with the uh, Sustainable Man Pro uh, uh, audience to, uh, to talk about these nice uh, topics uh, today. Well, we are very honored to have you join us. Uh, in fact, on LinkedIn, you wrote that enablement acts as a liaison between teams, such as sales, marketing, and product. Um, I would love to learn from you. How can enablement professionals help to improve the collaboration between those departments? Um, yeah, actually, it's, I think it's one of the uh, main added value of the sustainability uh, uh, function. Um, if you look uh, in the history of um, why at some points company has decided to create sustainability, one of the main reasons is um, that in many companies, they have lost the connection between uh, marketing and, uh, and sales. So uh, I have to say that um, I never face any uh, internal barriers with uh, being in between uh, sales, marketing, project, and other uh, functions, because all those functions and departments uh, see very easily the added value to have someone that can digest uh, everything and um, create uh, the content that the salespeople needs, because uh, sometimes it's very hard for the other departments to know exactly what uh, the salespeople need uh, on the field uh, and the opposite around as I can be a bit frustrated to create content that are not really uh, used um, by the field and, uh, and the salesperson. So this is where I think the, the added value is very easy to see uh, uh, internally by the other departments. So marketing again, uh, have direct access to a salesperson through sustainable and have only one department or one team to speak with. Uh, and the other other hand, uh, they know that uh, we are doing our best to make sure that the salespeople will use uh, the marketing content uh, created. So uh, it's a win-win situation where it's very easy internally to uh, to get the buy-in from different uh, departments uh, uh, because we make the life easier for for sales, uh, marketing, and other departments. So for me, this one is not really a challenge. I have to say. It's, uh, it's something that uh, has always uh, been very well uh, welcome in uh, different uh, companies and organizations I was working for. Absolutely. I think that is definitely one of the benefits of enablement. 
Now, when you go about developing uh, a strategic roadmap for your enablement programs, how do you ensure that the program aligns with the goals and the interests of um, some of enablement's key stakeholders? Good question. Um, actually, the way I see session enablement is that on its own, uh, you cannot have a specific and dedicated plan for session enablement. Session enablement is here to make the other plans easier to, um, to execute. Um, so the way I always uh, create my uh, the plan for my team is always to go to the field, go to the sales uh, management first, uh, and other uh, departments involved in the in the sales process. So not only the sales team, but all other departments that at some point can influence the, the sales process, and just ask uh, them um, what are their challenge, what do they like to uh, to improve. And where do they think that sustainability can can help? And from here, it's very easy to build um, the plan of the sustainability team, and uh, and validate this plan first with all the internal stakeholders. Um, so it's always the uh, the way I have uh, been building my different plans, and it works very well in in that way because then all the different departments are involved in uh, designing the sales enablement uh, uh, plan, and they can see very uh, easily the benefits of, uh, of that plan. They can recognize themselves and their needs in the plan um, I'm going to, to build. And um, as I said, uh, with no or, uh, interaction with different departments, we don't need sales enablement. And the only uh, main purpose of the sales enablement at some point is uh, that we need some, uh, some team uh, like sustainability to gather uh, the uh, input from different uh, departments to improve the selling experience uh, at the end. So again, the easy way to align uh, our goals with the other stakeholders is to first ask the other stakeholders uh, what do they need and what are their KPIs, objectives, goals, and where we, uh, we can help. And at the end, it will fit very well with uh, what the sales team on the field also uh, really want and needs. So this is the way I build my uh, always my my program, um, starting by uh, by the field, and the different departments. What do they need? And then just uh, ask the the key stakeholders to validate my plan, and then it's uh, quite easy to execute it. Mm, that's fantastic. Now. On the execution side, when when you launch enablement programs in the field with the sales reps, what are some strategies to ensure that you are getting broad adoption of your programs? I, I have a double, double strategy here. I think the first strategy is to get the uh, key executive sponsorship and make sure uh, that all the content uh, has been validated by the key executives. I'm not here speaking about a top-down uh, strategy. I'm here speaking about uh, being an internal trust advisor for the sales teams to explain that everything we are going to deliver has been validated by the marketing team, the legal team, the finance team, uh, and so on. So then they can uh, they can trust in it. They can uh, refer to our documents with no doubt, with no questions about is it the last version of the uh, the sales proposals? Um, is it the last uh, also uh, contest uh, rules that 
I need to uh, to play with and so on. Uh, so at the end, um, they know that whatever comes from the session abandonment has been first validated and it's ready to be uh, to be shared externally. So that's one point, uh, one side of the strategy. The second side of the strategy is just to be close to the field um, and spend time uh, with sales uh, person on a daily basis to know exactly what uh, what they need, what they use, um, to know what are their pain points uh, on a daily basis, and then just uh, report and prioritize what you think you can uh, you can change. And when you will do this kind of uh, of quick wins, I have to say, you will win trust. They will believe in you. They will see that. You bring value to the to their daily uh, daily job. So I think it, it, this is the, the double strategies uh, I have always used. Uh, one way uh, getting the feedback and the needs from the field, uh, in, and we have different uh, tactics uh, for that: um, shadowing sales uh, salespeople, or just uh, also building some um, local champions network where. We can get uh, those uh, voice of the field, and the second part of the strategy is always come with something that is ready to be uh, to be shared and to be used, with no doubt about the uh, the validation uh, and so on. So that's uh, that's the way we uh, we do it here at Lectra. I think those are two fantastic approaches. Now, now you've mentioned sales leadership. I I would love to understand from you how a partnership with sales managers can also enhance adoption of enablement programs. What are some of the ways that enablement professionals can strengthen their relationships with sales managers and really leverage that partnership to improve their initiatives? Actually, for me, the, the sales leaders are the main important uh, uh, internal clients uh, to work with for uh, for many reasons. But the two main uh, two main reasons is that first, uh, they are acting as as a key actor to transform the strategy into uh, into real life. Uh, because whatever the strategy you will uh, you will define, if you have if you have no one or or no, uh, no team to uh, execute uh, this strategy uh, locally, um, then your, your strategy will be only uh, a vision. Um, but here, uh, we need uh, a team on the field to, uh, to transform it into, into actions. So that's why sales leaders are, are very, uh, very important. And the second thing, which is um, a bit coming back to the, the way to work as a smart team or uh, sometimes, as I say, as a lazy lazy team, um, is that when you engage one sales leader, you know that uh, under that sales leader, uh, you have uh, six to seven uh, salesperson. So by only working with one person, you can engage uh, six person at the end. And, and you know that uh, if the sales leader buy your program, uh, they will uh, make sure that uh, uh, the six uh, salesperson will, uh, will use it. So, uh, as a lazy person, I prefer to go first to the, uh, the sales managers to make sure that uh, my program uh, will be deployed uh, deployed easily on the on the field. Um, and now, on the, uh, to re-answer your question about the way we work with the sales leaders, I think first is to 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 get the uh, the confidence and the trust of the sales leaders. So to come first with the sales leaders with uh, some tools and programs um, to help uh, to help them, and there is 
always uh, something uh, that works is that sales leaders' time is very limited. They have plenty of tasks to do, um, administrative tasks, selling ta uh, tasks, uh, coaching ta tasks, and so on and so on. So you know that uh, as a starting point, if you find a way to help them uh, to limit the time or to better manage uh, their efforts and energy, uh, you will get uh, their attention uh, and you will win uh, their confidence. So that's, the, I think, the, the first things to uh, to do. Uh, the second way to work with the sales is also a basic one. is just to get in touch uh, with them on a regular basis, listen to them, uh, and challenge them in uh, in a smart way because they like to be uh, to be challenged. And actually, it's also a way for for them to make sure that. Uh, you are the expert uh, in sales uh, uh, efficiency um, because you are, you are able to challenge them with smart uh, ideas, uh, tools, new new way to uh, to do uh, to do stuff, and, and so on. So again, I think it's a uh, it's a two or three step approach. Uh, first, uh, you have to gain uh, the confidence, give them something, uh, a quick win, uh, especially on the on the time. And then you can challenge them uh, on what they need to to change to um, to to get better. And at the end, if you can uh, really make the connection between your programs and the fact that it will help them to achieve their sales objectives, it would be very easy to uh, to work with them. So if you still have in mind the final goals at the end of the year, uh, your job is to help them to uh, achieve their sales objectives. Um, it would be also very easy uh, for you to work with the, the sales leaders. And again, one game changer is to give them more time to coach the team and uh, to do some deal support and uh, spend more time on, on the selling task. So if you can remove uh, all the admin uh, burden uh, tasks to, 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 uh, to the minimum, uh, then, uh, of course, uh, it will be very easy for you to work with the sales leaders. Mm, absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more with that advice. Now, what role does uh, feedback play in your process when you are thinking about designing and implementing enablement programs? Um, it sounds like you, you work very cross-collaboratively with a lot of departments and a lot of key stakeholders like the sales leader. So how do you go about sourcing feedback from some of your key stakeholders? I think you have to to mix the way you um, you want to get the feedback. The first way to get the feedback of the programs you you launch uh, is a very easy one: is coming from the data. When you launch a new sustainable platform or when you push for new e-learnings, it's very easy to uh, to see uh, how many person uh, connect on uh, your e-learning um, and so on. But those are just data. Uh, quantitative data. On top of this, what you have to, uh, to look for is more qualitative uh, data and, and feedback. So uh, when you got the, uh, the data, you have a, a good first understanding of um, the usage of your programs. Uh, but it doesn't mean that it was very efficient for, for them and very useful because um, sometimes, as I know, they have to do it because it comes from the corporates or whatever. Um, but it doesn't mean that uh, they re really see the value on the field. Um, the second way to get the feedback is just ask them um, the feedback. 
But again, you can have a, a kind of filters, um, um, and it, it will depends uh, on the, um, the culture of the company. But uh, sometimes in some companies, um, they will feel that uh, they have to say what you you want to to hear, uh, and uh, they will be maybe afraid to be um, very uh, challenging uh, with giving you uh, bad feedback about your your program. So um, getting the feedback is good. But I think at the end, the best way to get uh, the feedback is to go on the field, to shadow them, uh, to spend time uh, with them on the coffee machine, uh, on the car when you go back to a, a client meeting and so on. Because when you go on the battle with, uh, with someone, uh, the, uh, after you, always, uh, you, you will always get the, uh, the right feedback, the very sincere feedback, I have to say, that uh, to make sure that, uh, okay, they use it, but do they really like uh, the, uh, the tool uh, or they just follow the, the learning because the sales leader say, uh, you know what, uh, guys, I'm, uh, I have the pressure for, from the corporate, so please uh, follow the learnings uh, because we, uh, we have to. So the best feedback for me is to, to go on the field with the salespeople and just see on the daily basis if they connect uh, to it, the way they discuss with the other colleagues about uh, your program, uh, the way they use it. Uh, when they are, they are in a uh, in client uh, meeting. Uh, and that's uh, at the end, uh, the best feedback uh, you, you can ever have. Absolutely. I think in the field, feedback is critical to sales enablement success. This has been a fantastic conversation. In, in closing, I do want to ask one last question. You know, I think sales enablement um, often means to ensure that stakeholders have visibility into the results that enablement is driving. So how can sales enablement practitioners go about ensuring that their stakeholders understand the business impact that sales enablement is having on the business? Actually, this one is a very tricky uh, topic. When you talk about coaching, training, or providing the best uh, sales content, it's very hard to connect um, those activities to, uh, uh, to the business or to, to the additional uh, deals uh, you, uh, you may influence. Because at the end, you, only, you are only part of uh, a very long sales cycle where you influence uh, some, some steps. Um, so it is always an indirect impact. Uh, or hidden uh, impacts, uh, which is very hard to, to make it tangible. When it comes to programs on the sustainability team that uh, leverage new way to, to find leads or um, new way to close deals, like uh, managing uh, partners or uh, working with uh, consulting firms uh, uh, or this kind of uh, programs that uh, really help uh, at some point to, to close a deal, then it comes very uh, easier to, uh, to prove the direct value of a sustainable program into, into the business. So I would say my, my advice here is to um, educate the key executives on all the different steps it takes, especially for the uh, complex sales cycle, to, um, to close the deal. And when you have done this job, explain the uh, cause and effect chain uh, starting from uh, awareness, uh, starting from the leads funnel, the conversion rate, and so on. Then you can come back to uh, some part of this process to say, here we are going to improve it. 
to, and at the end to influence the uh, overall sales process. Um, and when the key executives start to understand all this kind of breakdown process uh, to close a deal, then they can better see the, uh, the added value of the, the sales engagement team. If you do not this job and just stay uh, at the very uh, high level um, vision uh, with number of sales uh, close at the end of the year and uh, enablement programs, and you see before after, there is a lot of different criteria on, on a year basis that can influence the, uh, the overall sales plan and, uh, and achievement. So at the end, if you do not uh, uh, do this job internally to educate uh, everyone on um, what it takes to close a deal, um, you will, I think, never achieve this uh, um, this goal to connect uh, all sustainable programs to the sales final results. I think that is a fantastic approach, Johan. Thank you so much for joining us today. I certainly learned a lot. Thank you for your invitation. To our audience, thanks for listening. For more insights, tips, and expertise from sales enablement leaders, visit salesenablement.pro. If there's something you'd like to share or a topic you'd like to learn more about, please let us know. We'd love to hear from you.